Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kip and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall that's the audible equivalent of a human hangover. (laughs) We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like, how much would you charge to eat an entire Bible? (laughs) Uh, I'm Queen of McCordoff in London, England, and I am joined by Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. I mean, at least at least twenty bucks. Very good. I mean, I I feel like that 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 could be topped. What about you, Stu, in Vancouver? It's gonna have to be around forty bucks so I can go out and have a real nice steak <laughs> dinner after. <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor Record also in Vancouver. I won't sell. <laughs> Horse. That's a callback joke. Call forward. I mean, we're gonna be talking about Gavin a lot here, so. Kalina got all <laughs> fucked up on Gavin Juice, and this is happening now. Oh, you better believe it. I I mean, I, I wouldn't say my transfusion was just of apple soup juice. <laughs> apple soup? <laughs> apple soup. <laughs> so we'll be reviewing episode eight of season four, which aired, I think, December 23rd, 1993. God damn it, Hans, you entered that in, <laughs> yes, didn't I did. you, yeah, while yeah. I wasn't looking. I, I love that it's I think. That's so good. <laughs> We know. Uh, Let's kick off with our sketch rundown. We've got Pretty Woman. Uh, So Dave's French-Canadian hooker Jocelyn accidentally says no when a man in a limousine offers her a life of luxury. Uh, Gavin finds religion. A couple of evangelists want to speak to Gavin about the Lord. The Lord. While he's sweating to the oldies and immediately regret it. (laughs) Try it now! Dan Husk's (laughs) feeble attempts to start a car include kicking the hubcap, washing the windows, and giving it a fresh lick of red paint. Turns out you always have to check for your neighbor's stray toddlers in the engine. Can I also just say, I, I feel like if I ever have children and they're totally only, only going to be able to get in and out via like a kid flap in the door. Okay, but you heard the like but... pit bull mauling noises after. Right? The dog. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that child is dead. Now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna, Even better. You know, some explaining to do to Her Majesty later. <laughs> Dull since a heart attack. Um, Mark and Bruce are middle aged men who just really enjoy a good restaurant and a hearty morning meal. You know, it's great. Uh, Waking up early. Oh, it's super. <laughs> and Sock Puppet. Um, the hookers are back um, and they help a nervous John ask for sex by directing his attention to the delightfully friendly Sock Puppet. I, I like this one i, I really <laughs> like this one it was good <laughs> they know to, how to coax him out of his shot such a sweet boy mark i like that she has to put the sock puppet back on and chase after him when he runs off it, it really it really set the bar high because next we had similarities between the mcdonald's and the airport series <laughs> where kevin draws very weak similarities between his own family and what was the airport movie series never heard of it and I, then i had to google and then it, there's obviously. also some extremely stagey effects yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was a real time. Uh, and m- my God, they can read my thoughts. <laughs> Dave's company is secretly planning a hostile takeover, but it turns out that the executives can read his thoughts and hilarity ensues. And are apparently aliens, too. Yes. Who eat yeah. late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From flashlights. <laughs> and Thanksgiving. Uh, wow. Um, Kevin plays the black sheep middle aged brother whose own midlife crisis explodes into some sort of semi-nude tantrum at the start of his family's thanksgiving dinner that was a real ride 
weren't we missing yeah the new coke yeah we're missing the new coke there's another hooker's one where there's like a new new version of coke that rudy's cooked up that has similarities to ecstasy oh yes it wasn't it wasn't in the kith fan uh list of the episode but there was a new uh, coke well no wonder they're not on the internet anymore <laughs> <laughs> sloppy work like that so we're gonna give you the special not seen on the internet content that you so <laughs> deeply crave so yes there was a segment where the hookers are are at some sort of like dunkin donuts equivalent and it wasn't quite a tim hortons but regardless they're blind Dude, they were doing coke off a table they're clearly at duffins donuts in east van this was a this was a coke new coke uh oh yeah right kind of yeah yeah Yeah. which is like a coke new new coke joke five years after new coke came on or no eight years after new coke came on the scene so like Mm -hmm. really a timely a timely gag for sure yeah but they did it with actual lines so it was it was still on the market in the early 90s though oh i'm aware of that I, I yeah. but I'm just saying it, it, I don't think that was the most timely joke and people were Look, making the Coke new Coke with Coke uh, well before that yeah but Rudy tried new- really hard okay wait 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 everyone back up 10 steps I don't I don't know I didn't know this was a thing what is what? this oh Kalina Who you poor you? sheltered baby child look so in the 80s Coca-Cola released a product called new Coke that was supposed to be more like Pepsi it was a little bit sweeter but it tanked so then they released oh you you got it you got to you got to back up you got to back okay. up even further Okay, so in the 80s... So the year is 1972! <laughs> so in the 80s, Pepsi releases Diet Pepsi, which is, like, crushing uh, Diet Coke, which at that time was, was like, formulated using, like, uh, an a artificial sweetener that was like kind of almost sour and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so Coke found a new sweetener that they used for their Diet Coke that really worked out really well, and then they were, like, and a new formulation for their Diet Coke, and then they were like, wait a second, what if we just do diet our new Diet Coke that everyone loves? loves but with sugar and so then they did that and it tested through the roofs and they released it as like new coke which was like objectively people liked it more than coke when they did blind taste tests except for there was a huge rebellion because they're like how dare you change coca-cola it's been the same forever and they and both sales of both products tanked and then they eventually caved in and were like uh okay we're just gonna sell coca-cola now and then probably in all likelihood, they changed the formula secretly, like a few years later, and it, everyone's been drinking new Coke. This since. this segment makes so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. I I really just I thought it was just about drugs. Exactly. Yeah. And so like that ex that like oh it's got the ecstasy that the kids like that's totally like the new Coke we we're putting in the new sweetener thing. Every yeah, it was a. I'm so glad you guys are tapped in. <laughs> Tapped wow. into a thing that happened 35 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say it was because you guys are so old, but Stu, we're the same age. Goddamn right we are. The reason I know every detail of this story is because one of my high school teachers was obsessed with it, and he would find a way to shoehorn it into every class. <laughs> That's so strange. Like, I swear to God, I heard this story from him four times over the course of my high school career. Just teaching physics being like, and you know what really fucked up? New Coke. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> there were a lot of conspiracy theories that surrounded the whole thing. Too oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Kleena. Uh, I was just going to say the only equivalent I had in small town BC was uh, that every time anyone would mention... Oh my god, I'm blanking. I clearly shouldn't have had a beer before this. Wow. I also had a teacher that was obsessed <laughs> with giant squids, and he was a math teacher, so... <laughs> Speaking of Gavin, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this episode, of course, 
features our favorite precocious preteens. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to forge further divisions in this fan group by forcing us to pick the best sketch among them. And I know we did this for Bobby uh, a couple seasons ago now. Jeez, uh, about one of the branches of the Universal Bruce theory. So I thought we'd make it a tradition. And since it's my episode, I thought I would do it before apparently we even get the last Gavin sketch so everyone can just shove it. Um, so as a reminder, here are the sketches we've had so far. We had a Gavin painting a chair. Mm -hmm. We had Gavin and his mom where he pesters his mom with, of course, meandering tales and battles for her attention by swallowing uh, their goldfish. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Butcher Shop, which was in season... I think, yeah, all of these two. were in season two so far. Um, and Gavin is pricing meat while his mom gets a makeover and learns how much his head would sell for if it were prime veal. <laughs> and then we had babysitters. We had to wait until season three for this one. And he falls for Natalie, played by Kevin, who also loves long-winded trivia stories. Um, and then uh, same season, season three, Mother's Funeral. So sadly, Mark's mom has died somehow in, in a dance marathon. Yeah. Uh, but his dad's temporarily out of jail and has quickly found a replacement mother figure in Scott with with really fantastic outfits. My God! Yes, the um, and of course, then we have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Gavin and the Evangelist, which we get now, um, which I think may be the only Gavin sketch of the season. But we shall see. Mm -hmm. So, um, Hans, you want to start us off? What what? would you say wins out? Well, you know, uh, so BTS content for the fans out there, we watched through all of these uh, Gavin sketches before recording here to refresh our memory. And the thing that stood out to me was how much I just love the original because, mm -hmm. um, because, because the audience, the live audience doesn't know who this Gavin character is yet. They're not as primed to laugh at every joke. And so mm -hmm. the pacing is totally different than all of the other Gavins. Like they're able to go a little bit slower with it. Um, which kind of opens up space for Gavin to have some more of his favorite lines land a little bit better, like um, his quieter lines, like his or his quieter lines, like his little asides and things like that. Like, you know, I think you know my favorite line of all the Gavins is just when he's talking about the the kids smoking and teaching a dog to smoke, and you know he <laughs> finishes up with saying, you know, and he'd take it to these guys that waited by the fence to smoke, and they didn't care who saw them smoke these guys sure smoke and the audience yeah. doesn't even really laugh but like because it's because it's quiet it's like the delivery is so fucking perfect and it gets me every single time so yeah for me classic uh you know gavin tries to paint a chair uh wins the day but i mean obviously they're all great I like Mark in this, yeah. as the straight man in that one too. Totally, the, yeah. The, the, the thing that I like about painting the chair, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I think I have, I'm with you, but for a slightly different reason for what's good. It feels a lot more just sort of like generic weird kid, you know, mm, like Gavin yeah. becomes more of an established character as they do more and more. But the things he says are just very much like, you talk to a kid and they're just like, and did you know that there are a thousand beluga whales? And you're like, that's <laughs> whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in a bike race and you're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, yeah. As the series goes on, they have to have Gavin say weirder and weirder things. But like mm. a lot of the stuff that he says in the first like painting a chair one that he thinks is really remarkable is like these guys, they smoke. They don't care who sees them smoke. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that the these guys sure smoke too is that idea where it's like you think they're bad, right? Because I think they're bad, and that's the bad behavior. And Mark's just like, I'm so over, <laughs> I can't do it with you right now, man. I would say my my favorite quotable out of out of that one is 
Onions is all I eat, followed by so I can't so I can't have an onion. And I say that all the time. And I do eat too many onions, which makes me grateful yep. that I have have been in a relationship for ten years. So there you go. It's your <laughs> Russian peasant roots coming oh to the God. fore, you know. Uh, yeah. Some some more behind the scenes thing. We have a running joke where we call Kalina the Rat Queen because when she gets agitated, <laughs> she puts her hands real close to her face, and we've seen her just gnaw on pizza a couple times. We're gonna make some Rat Queen merch at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really I'm looking forward to it. What, what do you What do you think, Trev? Well, about the merch, all, like, obviously I, not the segment. <laughs> I really want there to be some Kalina merch for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I, I do want to talk about Gavin and not Kalina, though. Although I think people should also know that Kalina does talk like Gavin in regular life to people that have never watched Kids in the Hall, so they don't know why she suddenly talks like this. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, it's a nice sing-songy character, or, like, quality to the voice, even if you don't know the Gavin character. I mean, it's a little nasally, but it's like... You know, he he has he just changes the te- like the tenor of his voice, yeah. and it's just very sweet. It's a sweet. <laughs> so he's a good kid. He is a good kid. But Trevor, you haven't planted your flag. Who's your favorite? Well, my favorite is painting a chair for sure. Uh, okay. But like to mm. to go through them all, um, I think that they have kind of a hit or mi- hit and miss rhythm to them. Painting a chair, the first one, amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Second one, where it's Gavin and his mom, and he eats the fish. A little bit weaker, but the part where he eats a fish is very good. Um, mm-hmm. Butcher shop. I like the chocolate chip thing, too, where he's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just loops it back to, and I think they need some chips. Yeah. Get, uh, then then we get butcher shop. Butcher shop, he's he's hitting it's pretty strong again. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like he just he goes. You go back to the classics with with the butcher shop where he <laughs> wants to know how much his head would weigh and how much he would be able to sell his head for. Uh, and yeah. then, then we have then we have babysitter, which is good but like different tone. You know, it's more surreal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely more like established canon, right? Yeah. Mom's funeral. I don't know that I like very much. Uh, I think it's like. It, it mm. unmoors him a little bit too much. You no, know? It's, I don't think it's anyone's favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kevin's Kevin's trying to hog a bit too, too much of the limelight with his deadbeat dad rockabilly character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, like Gavin and the Evangelists. Uh, good, although I mean, I, I've I've met Mormons before, and they they would still be happy to talk to Gavin. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So I let's bring it back to this episode. I really liked the Evangelists. It's one of the ones that I remember when I think about Gavin. Yes. Um, yeah. I like the dynamic between the straight men of Mark and Dave. I like the weird thing where they finish each other's sentences mm-hmm. or like repeat each other's sentences for the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. The yes. Lord. Um, I love. I eat things for money, you know. And they're like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll eat your Bible, but it'll cost you a lot and take me several days of munching and snacking. I don't know why. That one loves it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. I was telling the kids before we started recording, I have a false memory of the evangelist, which I think is taken from a modified sketch that they did live around 2002. I think it was Tour of Duty, which is funny because Davis broke. Um, but he has, <laughs> Gavin has a line that's like, uh, I eat things for money. I'll eat a quarter for a nickel and a nickel for a dime, but a beach ball will cost you a hundred dollars. And I, I think about that one 
all the time. <laughs> <laughs> While you're eating coins off the ground. Especially because he, um. he eats, he always charges less than the amount that he eats, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, so Stu, which is your favorite? Um, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, painting a chair is probably the best, but again, it's almost the least Gavin-y. Like, I'd forgotten the line that really stood out to me as just nebulous weird kid, but it's, because it's got a metal hat. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, he laughs to himself. <laughs> but that just seemed like that weird thing where you're like, I don't follow your weird little kid logic. Like, sure, bud. <laughs> you need more or less friends. You don't have the exact right amount of friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was surprised. I didn't think I'd be the only one planning my flag with Evangelist. I, I didn't realize this came so late in the series. Mm. And it's it's totally my favorite. And, and my favorite quote comes from it. So now I must sweat to the oldies because if you're fat, you wind up living in a trailer park gossiping and craving country and western music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that And it one. follows on so perfectly from the last one, which of course, Mom's Funeral, none of us really thought was that great. But the casserole joke just continues. Yeah. So as far as like the Bruce Universal Theory goes, they do really good a really good job connecting to it. Yeah. And the rockabilly you, dad coming yeah. back and and the fact that he's just he's draped in a twister, in a blanket, twister blanket or twister. Blanket. Yeah. That one <laughs> it's is good. So good. We've noticed a lot of continuity with these two because oh, Gavin's absolutely, mom yeah. dies because of a like a, a dance marathon which has been brought up like by Gavin before that he's the man of the house now and if he dies <laughs> he has to, yeah so enter uh, yeah yeah so i mean the the arc as i understand it is okay you've got first gavin sketch there's no world building second gavin sketch there's no like there's the the father isn't mentioned at all uh, but then in Butcher, he Gavin brings up like, oh, if my dad uh, is the dad gone by yes, the Butcher sketch, or yeah. is it yeah. he is gone? Okay, so so dad is gone, and now Gavin's man of the house, and then babysitter she's out dating. Then there's the mom is dead because she's been at a dance competition, which has been presaged by Gavin saying, now that I'm the man of the house, I might have to do a dance competition, which obviously he didn't <laughs> yeah. do, and his mom did, and uh -huh. she died. And then his dad reappears uh, back from prison to introduce him to his new mom. And then in the in the uh, the Mormon sketches, his dad is back home and just you know drinking drinking marine gin, Navy Navy rum, Navy rum, ounces of Navy rum. So it's really a tragic, tragic tale, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> a little foreshadowing too. In the babysitter, the mom gets picked up by her date, and when she goes to leave, she's like, "Ooh, a hearse," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> ominous." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it made me wonder whether this was like a sixth sense sort of uh, situation <laughs> where like Gavin is imagining his mom, but really it's like this babysitter is coming to take care of him because his mom's already dead and he's just imagining mm. this conversation as she heads up. I don't quite buy it, you know? but I like the idea. I know, but it would be fun. Because there, there she's a, with her date at the, at the funeral. Yeah. I wanted to say there's there's a yes, kind of meta joke they slip in with this narrative too that his mom has terrible taste in women. Because the guy that shows up for that date is just, like, super old and bald. Yes. And a, 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 just a really weird-looking guy with a, like, a very bad haircut is the guy that uh, she died dancing with in the dance marathon, too. Oh, Dave has that rock and bull cut. Yeah. Oh, serious. Oh, yeah, just great. a yeah. bitch and mushy. I like how they're also both wearing their dance marathon number members, 17 like, even though yeah yeah but like he's wearing it to her funeral and she's wearing it in her casket <laughs> for some reason yeah well it's probably because he uh Delightful. he stiffed murray on the embalming fees 
It's probably also one of those like rapid funerals, you know, the the only ones that someone who's just come out of jail could afford. Well, it's like speed dating, but you gotta do yeah. it for funerals. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta pack them in side by you side. You hit a bell and you just go mourn, mourn. <laughs> the other the other like bit from that uh, funeral uh, sketch that I enjoyed, uh, or not from the funeral sketch, but from the the Mormon sketch. Um, but speaking of the dead mom, is Bruce just saying, do you know that if your mom dies and you tell the bus driver, you can get on for free? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so I dark. Love the, I love it. The evangelists consider it, too. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. But at the funeral, as much as we didn't like it, there's just that one throwaway line from, from Scott as he's trying to ingratiate himself with Gavin. He's like, hi there. Hi there, little mourner. <laughs> <laughs> that is cute. And I... I Oh. I do wish there was a moment I could use that and not be completely like pelted by whoever was uh, the family. Oh, you have! I mean, mourner. you're in England; they don't know how to process feelings. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, fine. it's true. Oh, and going back to the babysitter sketch, too. The 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 fantasy he has of marrying the babysitter when they're they're too busy telling mm. each other anecdotes that the officiant has to interrupt, which is Dave. And <laughs> all he's doing is is saying, now, Gavin, do you believe that if you were to inflate a dog with helium, that you could float <laughs> it on the end of a string? And that is the vow. And I he says, that. I do. I and do. It, it just, <laughs> I it do. Is so well done. The thing, the thing with Gavin sketches, and Trevor, I think you alluded to it, is that the essential Gavin sketch is Gavin plus like foil right so the the chair sketch you've got mark in the butcher sketch which i think is also like the the second truest to form you've got mm. the butcher but the mormons also works because it's just two foils instead of one and they kind of they play off each other a little bit and the ones that i don't like as much are the ones that deviate from that form but in that in that uh like group of sketches the babysitter one is i think by far the best because Totes. it adds like the, the the change in the format is like is worthwhile to get like yeah these these someone who's who's egging him on and then also to get these like hilarious dream sequences and gavin being all starry-eyed and, and lovesick right um but the other ones the other ones deviate and they don't really add anything i feel like you know yeah yeah fair enough um well if anyone did not put through their favorite gavinism or quote speak now or forever hold your peace Oh, I think the queen has got a backlog that she needs to burn through now that we've set our piece. <laughs> She's been holding them in for three days now. It's about to blow. <laughs> She's all backed up. One of the things I love about Gavin is not so much a line, but some of his like odd manner of speaking is just so funny to me. Like, so now I must sweat to the oldies. Like he said, he says things in these weird declaratives <laughs> that I love. I think there's another one. Yeah. Um, I think it's also from the live show that I remember, but he has this bit where he's like, I think it was one kid, and he went invisible because uh, he combined Rolades and Ritalin and Melba Toast and Root Beer. And do you know what happened? He went invisible. <laughs> oh, no, it's, uh, it's why well, can't believe you haven't been prescribed Ritalin. For I would not take it. Like, for I would not. <laughs> Kills me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, which one is that from? I think that's from the live one. It's like I can't believe you haven't been prescribed Ritalin. For I would not take it. I remember that line too, mm. though. So I don't know where mm. I've seen it. Jeez, it might be it in might the be last in the Gavin one. sketch that we haven't watched. I wonder <laughs> if we're jumping the gun by doing this second all, so early. All of anyway, my favorites. Moving are... on. <laughs> I did have one other line from the from the um, from the mom's from the mom bit where um, after pestering her about getting some chocolate chips and then telling her a bunch of meaningless stories. Um, he tells her that in ki in France, all kids are drunk. And when she just kind of looks at him blankly, he says, 
Mom, it's true. In France, every kid is forced to drink a <laughs> bottle of wine with every meal. And also, they just stare off because because there are no TV sets there. So logically, some chips might be a very That's what I was thinking about. Because <laughs> I, I got the impression that it was that little kid nonsense where it was like, he knows French are known for ennui, but he doesn't know what ennui is. So he's like, because they don't have televisions. That's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> And therefore, also, I should have chips. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's uh, some great kid logic writing there. Oh, yeah. With or without hair? With. With. All of his chuckles and chortles are so perfect, yeah. He, he's so taken aback that without hair would even be considered. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of rube would come in here suggesting weighing a head without hair? Moron. Absolute buffoon. Speaking of which, segment two, standout sketch. So I, I clearly made everyone pick from from a list. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, we're 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 gonna pick our absolute favorite. I'm gonna I'm gonna just kick it off by saying it was Evangelist for me. So so I'll mm. keep that short and sweet. Um, I'm gonna give that uh five snackable Bibles out of five. I thought it was really well rounded. The fact that you know you you they. Sometimes we'll leave it without a joke, but the um, is this heaven or is this hell? The tie-in to the the evangelist and religion—it was just—it was just—it was, just, was just well done. Um, mm. Trevor, what what was your favorite this this episode? Ooh, I, I mean, I, I guess it was Gavin finds a religion. I, I I did also like this particular batch of uh, hooker sketches, though. I think these are these mm. are strong hooker sketches. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give them, uh, you know. Um, maybe 3.75 new cokes out of five <laughs> nice it almost makes you forget that cops were once a thing yeah um, oh jeez, yeah if only if only we could <laughs> Stu, what was your fave uh i think we talked at length with the gavin one it is really good and i like i like evangelists in particular but if i have to go for something i'd probably say my god they can read my thoughts it's just okay. it's so funny. So if I had to give it a rating, I would say uh, hapless podcast lackeys in here, spineless wieners. I, I got to give them some sort of number. <laughs> Probably like 3.5 bad excuses out of five. Nice. <laughs> nice. Stu, were you like me also unrealistically hoping that when they called for Shatner to come in, that yes. it would be William Shatner? Yes. Even though yeah. I, knew, I, knew. I knew full well that, that there was never going to be the case. I uh, just, the thought of like, seeing... Will it, be, will it be Captain Kirk? And then, of course, it's just Dave. But I, I, now I can't stop thinking about William Shatner and how he would mesh with these fucking weirdos. I just... Uh, <laughs> I don't I want to love it. That. I don't like it's it. So strange. <laughs> Hans, you got the final say. What was the the most standout sketch for you this this episode? Right now. <laughs> was it actually? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I have I have the Gavin with the Jehovah's Witness. Try it now, and my God, they can read my thoughts. All kind of on the same tier. Like they're all solid, solid sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I, I I give it to try it now only because there's small moments in that that really get me. Um, there's a look on on Scott's face when he is like the confidence he has in the very beginning where when he's first saying try it now after doing nothing oh, yeah. at all to try and solve the problem but he just looks a hundred percent confident that he has solved the problem and I don't know why but that fucking gets me so well um, also this is not like a humor thing but Kevin is just this is one of the prettier Kevins yes! I think we've ever had. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that like amuses me as well or like pleases me. Pretty Kevin. 
I made a note of that when we were going through it. I have a note saying, also, Kevin is pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love when Kevin calls him Daniel mm-hmm. at one point when she's like kind of getting a little bit tired of all of the trying it nows. And she's like, Daniel, maybe we should, you know. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, it's serious because she's not calling him Daniel, yeah. but Daniel. Um, the toddler getting ravaged by a dog once he's put through the to- what is like clearly intended to be a toddler door um, in yeah. the house, which is very amusing. I don't know. I just it it, it worked all around. My the sub the, the trying to catch the car by surprise. Yes. Oh my like, god! I know. Th- my dad used to quote this all the time and still does for for anything that is going wrong. Try it. Try it now. Try it now. Try it now. I, 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 yeah. It, I, wiping the windshield. Yeah. I, I really consider it like an attack on like suburban male virility, essentially. Like yes. it is just like this man has no idea, clearly. And when they do finally pull out of the the the, um, the driveway, there's like a tire on the side. Like he's tried to change a tire. Because <laughs> it's like very obvious he's doing all the things that are like the most basic things a person who knows nothing about cars would try. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or knows how to do, at least. Anyway, so I give it uh, three and three quarters mauled toddlers out of five. Nice. Nice. Well, that's all that's left of them after the pit bull. <laughs> True. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Um, so there were a couple that we didn't talk about in terms of sketches uh, for this episode. And and we, we didn't quite... We feel bad that we just keep shitting on Kevin a bit too much. And he's done the most cameos for us so far. So mm. I really hope he doesn't <laughs> he actually needs the money. listen to this before he does the next one. <laughs> But I, I have to say, I want to do a third segment just about standout moments about anything that didn't make the cut, either through the Gavin yeah. segment or standout sketch. Because there is there is something really funny about the Thanksgiving sketch where I don't know if I'd play it for someone who doesn't know Kids in the Hall, but I feel like for seasoned mm. folks like us, just the, the it was the naked tantrum yes. that I didn't know I needed from Kevin. <laughs> where you just you don't know he like he reels off screen like spinning like some sort of fucking seven fingered ballerina uh-huh. and comes right back and all of a sudden he's on the floor and you don't know what he's gonna say seven just seven it's always seven. <laughs> oh my god um i like the beginning of that sketch where he tells a bad uh, like a, not even a bad as in like inappropriate but just a very not funny joke something about farts or something yeah. like that and then he just turns to himself and says you you humorless sons of whores but like <laughs> extremely loudly so that all of them can hear um i think it's like it's a good, a good, good performance book. from kevin in a sketch that is not super well constructed like they don't yeah. have a you know yeah. like the central premise is there where it's just like this is about how family members sometimes just have to put up with each other and they're like excesses and tantrums yes. but that that's all all they had and then kevin went wild yeah they didn't have a good arc to it but there's some great moments in there like dave's performance as the beleaguered uh mother of the family yes. uh like queen mom is so wonderful mm-hmm. it's so perfect there has that moment where he says uh can i say the prayer and she like brightens up for a second and then he's you know then kevin starts <laughs> you know just cursing god and making everyone watch and the light falls out of her eyes and it's just yes. perfect it's so great I also wanted to chat briefly about my God, they can read my thoughts because I thought, I mean, speaking of Dave having a wonderful performance, he was fucking perfect in that sketch. Like the seamlessness with which he transitions from talking to the boardroom and then saying his thoughts out loud, like there he manages to get the shift in tone, which is pretty subtle, but he gets it like every single time and it just flows like immediately. Um, And 
I don't think that sketch would work if you didn't absolutely nail that transition yeah. every time, and he absolutely nails it every time, and it makes that sketch hilarious. Like that is just a solid sketch, good premise, excellent delivery from everyone all around, but Dave in particular. I didn't know where it was going. Like I thought maybe they were gonna do a bit where he was just announcing things out loud because Dave's uh, a nut job. Yeah. I didn't know if, if you know what I mean. Like I didn't know that it were gonna go for aliens at the end. It was great. Good, good twist yeah. ending. Yeah, absolutely flashlights i'll never look at them the same again <laughs> <laughs> can we also i mean all right any- well i sorry I'm, I'm just you're keep leaving open spaces i'm just going to keep shouting great bits yeah, from this episode good, please do. um sock puppet was also fantastic mm-hmm. yes um, mark as the like super shy john who doesn't quite know what to do but there's i wanted to call out a specific moment of that sketch that maybe flew under the radar for folks but at the very end, when she run like runs after Mark to like catch up to him because he's freaked out when the sock puppet got removed from the hand, mm-hmm. um, and Scott just says, Scott's character just says, "I hope she's okay," <laughs> which is like very dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I least I don't know. I read it as very dark. I was curious what you guys thought. I really that. liked Mark's coat in that one. He looked so cozy. He did. Yeah, it was a good winter coat. Yeah. Great way to buy sex. Can I ask what you guys thought about the similarities between the McDonald's and the airport series? Mm. I see what he was going for, but didn't really land for me. And I, I, Kevin does, we talk about this all the time. Kevin will do this where not landing is part of the bit. And you're like, yeah, you see, he's really invested, but it's kind of stupid. I'm like, mm, it's fine. So I, yeah. I liked the premise, but... Uh, what I wrote was that I think there was just too much ex- ex- exposition in the lead up for every single gag. You know what I mean? So it's mm. like you spend a lot of time like listening to the setup and then the payoff's not huge, you know? And if you could tighten it up somehow, it would be good, maybe. Mm, yeah. Jumbo Underwater made me laugh, though. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. It was good. And we did get a, a lovely family photo of the McDonald's where you got to see Kevin's young chipmunk cheeks. Very oh, cute. Chunko Babo. <laughs> I also liked Scott's uh, coming in as Charlton Heston, which when he first came in, I thought it was Scott coming in as Danny Husk, as imagined in the Danny Husk graphic novel, you know, Uh, (laughs) but it was, I mean, it was Charlton Heston, but still it makes me wonder whether the Danny Husk uh, graphic novel is based off of Scott as Charlton Heston. (laughs) It's a reach. I know. I know it's a reach. (laughs) No, no. Pulling the threads here. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Everything has to be connected, even stuff that's just throwaway one-shot things from some of the weaker sketches in the series. <laughs> yes, yes, it's all connected. But I'm, Everything. I'm really curious about whether the airport series was known at the time that they put this on air, or whether we're all kind of in the dark about what. No, the no, it was a very about. popular series when it came out, and most people, I think, knew what it was. Like, but it's a series of movies. Yeah, wasn't it was it? a series of movies. If you say so, man. <laughs> I've never heard. I had never heard of these things before. Hans is an airport truther. <laughs> I'm from. I'm from the. Uh, I'm from the other universe the Baron, where there was the Baron no Stein. Yeah. I'm. I'm from the Berenstein universe where we didn't have airport movies. Like, what wasn't the, those those Leslie Nielsen movies like kind of a send up of them though? Yeah. So I thought he was referring to those because I'm a piece of trash and I don't know things. Well, there was only the one. There was airplane. The, there's two. The there's a couple movie, airplanes. Which, yeah, there's airplane. Was there two? Uh, there's oh, at least okay. two. But I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that they're supposed to be satires, basically of of oh, that makes of sense. the airport movies. Uh, I've learned so much this episode, guys. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Huh. And on that note, that's it for our episode eight review. 
Join us next week for episode nine, which will be hosted by Stu. Yeah. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kith and Tell Pod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and then enjoy some delightful gifts from Hans. Aww, Thanks for listening boy. to Kith and Tell. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that, we no one had a good line ready this time. I'm still recording. Um, did anyone did anyone say an extended goodbye? Because it felt like everyone was just like bye. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to have like a funny line, so I was I was making room. Someone oh, still record. Nice. Get back in there. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is such a uh, gong show of an ending.